Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Man. It is great to see people come forward with their faith and just go out and say, hey, you know, I want everyone to know that I'm a Christ follower. Hey, it's great to be here. Everyone, I want to welcome you to Fox River. Welcome those who are joining us online as well as our Muskego campus and Waterford campuses. You know what? We're talking about making a difference. Now, is anybody in doubt at all that our world needs different makers? How many would say, oh, man, we need it? Big time right now, right? Man, we've talked a little bit about the things that are happening in Haiti. We've seen it on the news. We've seen the things taking place in Afghanistan. We see horrific pictures as well to go along with them. We know in our own nation that we need healing, and that's a constant thing as well. And so, you know, that can leave us in a place, a really bad place, because we can feel like, you know what, my heart's being ripped out, but anybody else feel like that sense of, but there's nothing that I can do about it. And so we're talking about being difference makers, and it can be like, but I can do nothing. And that's just not true. We talked about two simple things you can do. You can give, and you can pray. And don't undersell either one of those. Don't ever think, look, it doesn't matter. Those don't do anything. They do. God promises that it changes lives when we do those things. And to see God work and continue to remember that he is working and continue to ask him to work as well is so vitally important. When it comes to difference making, you know what we've talked about already, that God created every single one of us, yes you, yes me, to be difference makers. In fact, then he went ahead, not only created us that way, but he shaped us to be able to do it and to specifically do it and to find different areas of our life to do it as well. We've talked about how important it is for us to go ahead and use those gifts and you may say, well, I don't know what those are. I don't know what my shape is. I'd encourage you to go back to listen to those last messages that we've just done in this series and to find out more about those if you weren't able to be here with us. We also talked about, you know what, difference making happens in the church, doesn't it? And we make it rather simple around here. We just say, you know what, you can sign up and we'll help you to make a difference. I encourage you, if you haven't done that yet, if you go ahead, use that QR code that you hear us talking about, go there and you'll see Be a Difference Maker. And we'll help you to get into that place where you're gonna see God working in you as well as through you. But go ahead and step into that and see what God does because we have to step into it, right? The chaos going on in our world, God's looking for people. He's calling us to step into those areas and point people to Jesus and make an eternal impact as we go about that. But we know that it's not just in the church, but it seems to get harder when it's outside the church, right? This kind of seems like a safe place to, to talk about Jesus and to be a difference maker. But God calls us to expand it, to go ahead and go out and to be able to be a difference maker as well. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is extending that beyond even the walls of the church itself, the building, because we are the church and we get to take it with us as well. And some of the greatest difference making opportunities you don't sign up for. They just happen. In fact, they happen on Monday, then some happen on Tuesday and Wednesday, and on throughout the week as well. And some of the greatest places that they're happening is at home, at school, and at work. Think about it. 
At home is where your deepest relationships land, right? The ones that you're seeing those people every day, whether you want to or not, you're seeing them every day. And then school is some of the most formative times of our lives, in fact, and many of you are going back to school, and those are impressionable times. And then we have work where we see individuals a great amount of time as well. Do you realize this, that because of the depth of the relationships and because of the amount of time that we spend in each of these areas, there is a great opportunity to be a difference maker. And yet, what happens is we fall into this trap. This trap that, you know what, the only people who make a difference in this world are somebody who cures cancer or AIDS or they wipe out poverty in a third world country, or they create something that it's so obvious because everyone uses it and it changes their lives. And what are we doing at that point? We're stepping right past the obvious difference-making opportunities that God has right in front of us. With those people that you see day after day after day after day. Do you know, now kids, you might wanna plug your ears on this one, okay? that those who go to school from kindergarten through 12th grade spend at least 16,000 hours in the classroom. That doesn't include homework. That doesn't include extracurricular activities either. And we see a difference-making opportunity there? You got a lot of time to be able to do that, don't you? Yeah. And then some go on and say, hey, I want four more years of that stuff. Okay, so they add another 5,000 hours to that difference-making opportunity. And then there's some even who go beyond that because they're a glutton for punishment and we need to give them a big congratulations at that point, don't we? It's like, what in the world? At home, we have all kinds of opportunities, don't we? We do, and God wants us to use them. But what about work? What about work? Now, I don't want to hear any groans with this one, okay? But you ready for this one? 90,000 hours. Oh, my. 90,000 hours is what the average adult spends working, one-third of their adult life. That's a lot of time, isn't it? And that's a lot of opportunity before us to be able to be that difference maker that God has called us to be as well. It's an opportunity like no other, really, when it comes to having that personal ability to be a difference maker, because those are the people that we spend the most time with. So we're going to look to Jesus and see how does he want us and expect us to make a difference in those environments that he has placed us in. We All of us find ourselves in those, amongst a few others as well, but Jesus, the greatest difference maker of all, is one who shares with us how we can make a difference. And he does so in a very creative way because he takes two things that every one of us see all the time, they're right in front of us all the time, and he attaches difference making to it so that we'll remember it every time that we see these two things. We're gonna find those in Matthew chapter five. So let me ask you to go ahead and grab a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter five, or even easier yet, download it on your device. If you got a smartphone, go to your app store. You'll find a Bible app there and go ahead and find that and then it'll take you a little time to do that, I realize. But if you already have it, go ahead and open it up to Matthew. Matthew's the very first book of the New Testament. Matthew chapter five is taking place during something called the Sermon on the Mount. We just follow up with what are called the Beatitudes where Jesus talks about being blessed, blessed are, 
And then we come to this place in verse number 13 where he's going to talk about making a difference in this world. He's going to talk about Christ followers, and he's going to tell you that you are something, okay? So an analogy that he's using here. So let's look at the first one, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 13. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Wow. You are salt. Look at that. Jesus said, you can be salty at work. Man, anybody else feel the freedom in that? Man, I can just go and tell my boss off tomorrow. Yeah. No, that's not what he's saying. Not what he's saying. But he is saying, you have something in common with salt. You know what? The uses of salt haven't changed a whole lot, but there's some differences there. Even when Jesus was speaking these words, you would find that people would use salt to preserve, to preserve meat. They'd put it on meat. Didn't have a lot of ice back then. Didn't have a nice freezer like we do. So we kind of went away from that, you know. Sometimes it'll still be used, you know. That's why your beef jerky doesn't go bad, I'm sure, because of all the salt in it that they put. But it was used to preserve. And then at times, it was used probably for the biggest function that we see, and we're going to talk about Moses. It was used to season. Anybody like a little salt on their food? Anybody like a lot of salt on their food? Okay, all right. And then there was another use, and it helps make sense of that trampled under the foot thing that he was talking about. Sometimes it would be used to be put on a road because it would take the moisture out of it and make it walkable. But that wasn't the best use of it. I mean, when you have the choice to be able to use that salt on your food or just have it thrown on a road for everybody to walk all over, you know what? It's like obvious choice there, right? And so like I said, I want to look at that one that he talks about. It's used to season because we can all see that happening. And I think it's the one that speaks to the difference making the most. One of my dad's favorite fruits, especially during summertime, looks something like this right here. Anybody else agree with him that, man, this is a summertime snack right here, right? Anybody watermelon lovers? Okay, yeah, really good, right? I didn't realize how, how good it smells, you know, and how you could smell it so, so great right there. My dad loved his watermelon, and he wouldn't quarter it like this. He would just take the whole ring, you know? He, he would slice it up, take a whole ring, put it on his plate. He would get a fork if he needed to. He could use his pocket knife, you know, to, to carve out the rind there. And then he did something that I don't know if I just didn't notice before or what, but I distinctly remember him taking, of all things, salt. And he took the salt and he put it on the watermelon. And I'm like, ooh, why would you take a perfect, perfect fruit that is so sweet, and put salt on it. Some of you, I just offended, right? How many put salt on their watermelon? Oh, man, look at that. You've learned some. How many put mustard on their watermelon? I hear that's a, a big thing right now. Okay, no, I didn't think so. Okay, all right. So naturally, I say, why are you ruining the watermelon? To which he replied, it's bringing out the flavor, Right? Still tastes nasty. I don't like mixing my salt and my sweet. You can probably tell right there. 
But salt does bring out the flavor. Give me a nice steak, absolutely, it's gonna have salt on it, right? Maybe give their fries back if they don't have enough salt on them, or, or, right? It's like, okay, yeah, chips without salt, it's not gonna work very well for me. So when Jesus says, you, and look at the expanse of this, you are the salt of the earth, Christ follower. You are the salt of the earth. You know what he's saying? He's saying you have the opportunity to bring out the flavor of Jesus in every single relationship that you have. Every single one. And we need to do it. We need to bring out the flavor that God has given to us because he's the one who gave us the salt in the first place. What that means is this. If you want your work environment to change, to be better, to be more godly, then you need to be salt and you need to bring that flavor into the workplace with you. You need to be prepared for the warfare that's gonna take place even as you walk in those doors, being ready to be the salt, the flavor of Jesus because it may not be found anywhere else in that workplace. Be that person who's willing to ask someone, so how's your weekend? And when they begin to share some of the hardships and the heartaches that they're going through, to simply look at them and say, could I pray for you? It doesn't have to be right then, but it'd be great if it is, wouldn't it? You find some other people that you can begin to speak into their lives a little bit. Because my dad was, was certain not to put a lot of salt on it. He realized too much is going to ruin it. But not enough. That's not good either. So to be that salt in that workplace, school, great opportunity coming up here. And I don't think there's many who would say, you know what, our schools couldn't use a little bit of flavoring in them. To have those who have accepted Christ at a very young age to come into their schools and to bring that in with them, whether it be elementary school, whether it be middle school, whether it be high school, whether it be college and beyond, to go ahead and to be that salt, to bring that flavor. And then guess what happens when you do that? You'll see others who are Christ followers step up into that as well. And you will find some great friendships and great bonding that will take place at those times that are very much needed when you're in that environment to see that happen. And what about at home? What about at home? If you want your home to be influenced, then you need to bring the flavor to it. It means if you want your spouse and your children to know Jesus and to follow him, then you need to bring that flavor into your home. Don't wait for it to happen. Don't wait for someone else to say, you know what, I'll do that for you because there's not gonna be many people who are going to be able to do that for you. But to say, you know what, I'll be the one who says, hey, we need to pray about that. All the things we're seeing on TV and the news, we need to take some time and not just pray like we did in church but to say, I'm gonna take some time, we're gonna take some time as a family, we're gonna pray about this right here and right now, to open up the Bible. Even if you're in a place of, but, but what happens? What happens if, if one of my kids asks me a question? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. 
What happens if I don't know the answer to that question? Guess what? That's not all that bad either because then you'll probably want to go find it, right? Or they'll find it and they'll come and tell you what it is. How much would that even be? That would be awesome to see that take place. But to take that salt, take that salt into our homes, to see that happen over and over and over again. How many of you wish you had a difference maker in your life when you were in elementary school, when you were in middle school, high school? How many of you wish you had a few difference makers in your life right now when you walk in those doors to work? I thank God because that's the way God grabbed a hold of my heart. In elementary school, someone decided to be a difference maker and said, I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to have a I'm going to have a conversation with this guy that I just met today about who Jesus is. That's what he did. Changed my life. And God wants us to help change others as well. If we do not, then we're not holding up to our greatest value. We're wasting the influence that God has given us. And he talks to that. You saw that, right? He said, you don't want to be salt that is just thrown on a road to be trampled underfoot. You don't want that for you. No. You want to be a salt that flavors. So don't waste it. You've got the opportunity. We are the salt, he tells us, and we need to use that influence to be difference makers, to point people to God, to point them to Jesus Christ. If salt was no good for seasoning, it could be used but not in a way that anybody would want it to be. Just like, you know what? If we decide not to be a difference maker, God will still use you, but not to the extent that holds up to your greatest value, to be a difference maker that he has created and shaped. Personally, he's done that for every single one of us. He goes on, he doesn't just leave it at salt just in case we didn't get it. He probably thought, I wonder if there's something else that people will see every day of their lives that might be a good reminder that they're a difference maker. Let's see what it is. We see it in verse number 14. He says this, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The value of light is all around us, isn't it? It's become so much a part of our lives, you know what? We use it without even thinking about it. We get the value of it without even thinking about it. We walk outside and we get the benefit of the sunlight that that not only illuminates things for us so we don't have to walk in the dark, but it warms our skin during this time of year as well. And when we don't have it, we crave it, don't we? You know what? When it comes to light, we walk into a room and we expect that if we flip this little switch, that the whole room's gonna glow and we're gonna be able to see. And it's well beyond that as well, right? Now we've even gotten so used to light that we're able to see pixels and LEDs that, that light up a wall and we're able to receive and give communication through that as well and even be entertained. Think about it. Light, it's all around us. And so God is saying, 
You are light. You are light. What is the light? What is shining here? The light he's talking about specifically is the truth that he has shared with us. And the greatest truth of all, salvation, that the whole world needs to hear. Even and especially when they're in a place of pain and heartache, not only do they need to hear that it's going to be okay, but they need to hear God loves you and he's not forsaken you. Every single instance that we have to bring that light is an instance that we're able to point people to Jesus, to be able to share with them his love in a very simple way even, sometimes by sharing our story. Sometimes it's just the start of a conversation about, about Jesus or asking, as I mentioned, if you can pray for them. But it's a big deal, isn't it? How am I the light of the world? It's life. And we bring that life we bring the message of Jesus. That's why you hear us talk about, you know what, there's two things we're really about at Fox River. In our mission, you'll hear them over and over again. Our heart is people and our message is Jesus. And when we bring the message of Jesus to others, we are being the light of the world. We're shining. And again, you catch what he says, don't waste it. Don't waste it. He says, if you have a light, you have a reason for it and you don't go and cover it up. Well, at times we do, right? Okay, yeah. But not very often. We have a light. Don't cover it. Let it shine. Let it shine so others can see, so they might come to him as we see. Not that it shines on us, but that actually Jesus is seen as a result of us and the light that we shine. Yeah, it's a, it's a word that gives all kinds of word pictures. We see that over and over again. You notice that Jesus didn't say, if you choose to be salt and light, did he? He didn't. He said, if you're a Christ follower, you are salt and light. And if you're not yet a Christ follower, he's telling you, I want you one day as well to be salt and light, to be a difference maker for all eternity. That's what I want for you. I want a relationship with you. He's saying, Christ follower, right now, you are salt and light. And one of the reasons he says that is because we have a responsibility to let our light shine. We do. Because the differences that God's making in this world happen as a result of that light shining, of that salt bringing the flavor that it needs to. So I want to give you three simple conditions for difference making. Three things that we'll see that are very appropriate when it comes to both salt and light. The first is this. If you're going to be a difference maker, you have to have proximity. You ever notice that? It doesn't do me any good to leave this over here and say, hmm, I hope my watermelon tastes better. Actually, I do believe that it would if I leave this over here, okay? But that's not the norm. If this was a nice steak, which I probably should have brought instead, okay, I've got to get the salt on the food or it doesn't do anything. There's a guy by the name of Howard Hendricks. He's helped many become difference makers, actually. He has several different quotes, but I want to give you one. It's just been real impressionable on my life. I've known it for several years, and I keep going back to it, and it simply says this. You can impress people from a distance, but you can only impact them up close. You have all kinds of people that are close. But you continue to get close enough to your coworkers, to your family members, 
to your neighbors, to other students in your school, to your boss, to your teachers? Do you get close enough to them that they see the real you? That they even know that you are a Christ follower? That they know that you do pray, that you open up God's word, and that sustains you on a daily basis? Would they see that? Because you're close enough, you've gotten close enough, you've gotten in close proximity to them. And you're not trying to keep them at a distance just because you want to avoid the embarrassment that might happen, maybe. But you're embracing them and allowing them to see Christ through you. Not only do we need proximity, we also need uniqueness. That is a beautiful thing about this. You know what we heard from Pastor Guy over the last couple of weeks, in fact, that each one of us is shaped by God to make a difference. Discover your shape and live it out. You might say, that's not so unique. It is. Do you know why? The people that you know, many of them, I don't know. And the people that I know, many of them, you don't know. And so guess who God's gonna choose probably to impact their lives and be a difference maker? He has shaped you. He has placed you into environments that are unique to you so that you can be the one who makes a difference in their life. We need to be in close proximity. We need to be unique. And then we need to remember two things. Remember that Jesus is the source of difference making and God the Father is the conclusion of our difference making. You make a difference because the difference that Jesus made in you first. You are light because he was the original light. You are salt because he's the one who brings the flavor to you over and over and over again. When you have that difference made in your life, you're able to give it to someone else. You'll hear us oftentimes talking about it like this around here. Grace in and grace out. We're able to do that because of Jesus, because he's the source. He's the originator. He's the one who made the biggest difference in this world, and he's the one who uses us to bring that difference to others as well. And then you can bookend it, because not only did it start with Jesus, but the end goal is God the Father. We see that back in Matthew chapter five and verse number 16. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see the conclusion of this? He's saying the end goal of difference making is that others will see the good deeds that you do and they will glorify our Father. That's what happens when we're salt and light. People ask questions. As we were serving meals during Serve Week this last week at the food pantry, we had a few people that came up and said, who are you guys and why are you here? Aren't those great questions? Those questions happen when you are salt and when you are light. And then you get to answer them. You say, we're just really, really good people. That's all, right? No, that's not what you say. You say, we're here because you need to know that Jesus loves you. That's why we're salt and we're light. God is the end result of our difference making that he may be glorified, that more people may come to know him. And you know some of those people because you spend day after day after day after day with them. And God wants to use you in their life to bring them to him. Here's what happens though. 
Sometimes difference making requires us to be different. That's the tough part, isn't it? And I'm not talking different like that weird Christian that you know, okay? That's not the one I'm talking about. Well, they might be a little weird, okay? But sometimes God's way of doing things does not fit the way that our culture would like them to. And so sometimes he has things that seem upside down. I want to give you a few of those. You ever hear Jesus say this? The greatest serve others, they don't wait to be served. That's different, isn't it? It is. If we try that at work, what would it do? If we tried that in our families, what changes would it bring? I think I remember Jesus saying something like this, the first will be last and the last will be first. Anybody ever hear that one before? Yeah, try that when you're standing in a long line, right? Yeah, that doesn't go very well, does it? It's better to give than to receive. Return good for evil that's been done to you. Practice grace and truth. There's a whole lot more than that. Sometimes the things that God asks us to do are gonna cause us to stick out. Sometimes it's going to cause others to see a difference in us and be drawn to him. How about you? You ever find yourself sitting down at a meal? Doesn't matter who cooked it. And all you do is quickly reach for this right here. Anybody else do that? Doesn't matter. You don't need to taste that food. You already know it needs more of this right here. And so we just naturally grab it. Why? Because we're drawn to it. We're just drawn to it. See, when Jesus is saying, you're the salt and you are the light, he's saying, I want people to be drawn to you so they can see me. So who is it that you're gonna be in close proximity with this week? I want you to think of one person, just one. Maybe you're gonna see them tomorrow. Maybe you're gonna see them Monday, whenever it may be. But who is that person? Because that's the person that Jesus wants you to be a difference maker in. Will you? And what are you going to do to be that difference maker? To be salt and light. If you're here and you're not yet a Christ follower, what's stopping you? Jesus wants you to trust him, to trust him with your life for eternal life and for abundant life even now. He wants you to have a relationship with him And then he wants you to be salt and light so that others can see Jesus through you and glorify the Father as a result of it. Is it time? If you're here today, in a moment we're gonna pray and I'm gonna encourage you, if you've never trusted Jesus, would you trust him? If you're already a Christ follower, will you take the time to ask God to help you to be that difference maker? And even to name the name of that person who he's calling you to be in close proximity with so they can see your good works and glorify God. Would you pray with me? Lord God, help us. It seems trite to say, and we've heard it many times, that we need to be the difference that we want in this world, God. We can't just wish for it. We can't just hope for it. We have to be it. So God, help us. You say we are the salt and the light, and sometimes, God, it seems like we don't have enough flavor, that we're not making a difference. We're not influencing God, and help us, Lord. Help us not look past the opportunities that you've placed before us. Monday morning for many of us, God. Not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, even Sunday. 
you're here today and you'd say, I've never trusted Jesus. I'm not that salt and light that he's talking about here because I've never received Christ as my savior. I didn't realize the difference that he's made for me. He went to the cross for you to save you. And you can receive him today if you'd like to. I wanna encourage you to pray right now. Maybe something like this, dear God. I'm trusting that Jesus died for me. Not only did he die, he was buried, but he rose from the grave. And I believe that, and I trust that. And I want him as my savior. If that's you, with heads bowed, eyes closed, you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm trusting Jesus as my savior right here, right now, today. Just let me know, just by a raised hand, if you would. Okay, thank you, thank you. Lord God, we praise you, we thank you. You call us up to be that salt and light so that we can be not just that preservative, Lord, but that seasoning to bring others to you and point them to you even in the midst of the chaos, God. We thank you for that. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.